Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Frogcast. Another Big 12 Media Days is in the book. Our own Jeremy Clark was there at Jerry World. He had a front row seat to all of the fireworks and the activity there as the Big 12 coaches and players gathered to essentially kick off the kickoff of the 2019 season. We're going to talk about that and much more on this episode of the Frogcast. Well, if you guys haven't noticed, we've been going through some technological transitions here. We are now proud to be integrated into the Megaphone platform on CBS 24-7 Sports. Hornfrog Blitz on the Frogcast is here to stay. And, uh, you know, it's kind of crazy this thing we started in our in my basement has, has now kind of come this far. So, Jeremy, Daniel, thanks for you guys' hard work over these last few weeks uh, to get us integrated and uploaded onto the 24-7 Sports Network. But more importantly, thank you to the listeners that have stuck with us here. We've kind of had some things connect and disconnect and things worked and didn't work, but we are now good to go. So you can find us on iTunes. Give us a rating and a review. You can find us on Google Play. And if you don't have a subscription to uh, the Horn Frog Blitz, you need to do that now. And up there at the top, there is a link that says podcast. It'll take you right there. You can push play as well as subscribe on iTunes. Jeremy, let's get into Big 12 Media Days. I'm going to put you on the spot. I didn't give you any prep on this. (laughs) Is Les Miles a coherent human being? I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) I know this is is Les... Andy colors his hair. This is his uh, first uh, Big 12 Media Day at Kansas. Of course, he had Big 12 Media Days when he's at Oklahoma State before Gundy took over. But, you know, Les Miles is a lot of things, and not the least of which a national championship coach. But I was kind of curious watching him be there to have this elevated coach from a proud program. Did a great job at Oklahoma State. Obviously won a title and played for another title at LSU. What was it like seeing Les Miles with all of that, all of those skins on the wall, be there repping uh, KU? Well, I mean, it's interesting because you look at what he did at LSU, and and he was successful at Oklahoma State as well. But you know, you're you're talking about a national championship coach there, and, and he's in the Big Twelve, and he's an older guy. I think he's the oldest coach in the league now at sixty five. Uh, but it it. I don't know. I, I, I guess I'm just kind of in the wait and see mode to see uh, how he how he performs up at Kansas. I mean, he's got a, a tough rebuilding job and he's got some good athletes up there. But it, it's just funny, man, that the whole thing just it, it got off to a weird start because he, he talked about Puka Williams. And the more and more he talked about it, the the, the higher and higher the level of it sounded like what to be. BS just started to pile up. Um, it I, I, just talking with other media guys there, just it just seemed like just a, a really weird uh, statement about Puka that you know it wasn't his decision, but he was behind the administration decision. But we could talk about that all night long. I don't want to get way drawn out into that, but uh, it is pretty cool to see a, a guy that everyone knows in the in the country college football fans in general know who Les Miles is so it's cool to bring that name into the Big 12 but like I said I'm I'm in wait and see mode to see how he does and uh, see if he can get them back to a bowl game I'm mostly following Les Miles for the post-game press conference and the grass eating so that that's that's what I got my eye on Kansas football for this year <laughs> all right let's get to what people actually care about which is the Horn Frogs I'm going to break it down into three things I want to talk about reflections on coach Patterson's comments what we learned about the quarterback situation, and then get a chance to chat with some of the other players, guys that were there representing us. Patterson takes the stage on day one 
what was your big takeaway from what uh, Coach Patterson said when he's speaking to to all of the media that they're sitting in the in the Wonder Dome of Jerry World? What did you hear from Coach Patterson that you think our listeners would be curious about, as well as your reflections on that? Well, I just think he he understands where they are as a program, uh, being number four. I mean, he obviously knows that people respect him enough and and uh, to to be in that position. And he talked about the quarterbacks, obviously, because that's the biggest question on everyone's mind. Uh, he talked about the defense, how well the defense plays, how they're going to replace LJ and Ben on the defensive line, the return of Ross Blacklock, uh, the facilities. I think he was, I think he was pretty perturbed by the the comment you know, in the story that Mac Engel did uh, about the facilities. You know, trying to who's that? <laughs> I, I won't mention his name to you again. I'm sorry. I know you get flustered when you hear that name, but. Uh, Max <laughs> always been good to me, so I, I'm not, I don't, I don't, you fans can have y'all's opinions on them and what. I, 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 I believe two things at the same time. I think Mac would actually be a really good neighbor and is a good guy. And I can't stand what he writes. <laughs> I think, you know, both those things can be true. And I think they both true. are actually true. So yeah. go right ahead. Yeah. Patterson did not like what, what Mac wrote. And, and, and I think he, if you look back at his answers when he was talking, uh, in the beginning, I think that was his longest answer that he talked about was the facilities and the upgrades and what it does for recruiting and everything else. But uh, it, it's it's like this every year, man. People, they they always tell me the same thing. Other guys in the media, they always come to media days. They they don't know how good TCU is going to be. And then they get around that guy and they're like, man, I think TCU is going to be better. <laughs> I should have voted him higher. I, for some reason, the way Gary talks and the way he smirks and this and that, it's like he knows something that we all don't know, and it's tricky and it's 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 weird because they always come away with this feeling that TCU is going to be better um, than what they anticipate. And, and I think that was the same thing uh, on Monday. He, he just he continues to impress everyone. The guy just spends so much time in breakout session talking spends the full allotted hour and 30 minutes that whole time someone's around his table talking to him about a hundred thousand different things. And it's funny because if you listen to him long enough, he'll tell you stories just like the story about the Rose Bowl, how he knew how to defend Wisconsin because he knew their offensive coordinator was going for the same uh, offensive coordinator spot at Texas as the Boise State guy was. So he knew that Wisconsin couldn't run the ball completely because that's not what Texas would want to have as their offensive coordinator. And that was a pretty cool story that, that he talked about being, being able to look at that and, and plan for that. But overall, I mean, I think TCU fans should, should be pretty pleased. I think he's uh, pretty excited to get uh, fall camp rolling around, excited about the players he has, excited about the players that were there representing TCU. And overall, I think everyone's just ready to get rolling. Well, let's switch over to the topic of conversation that is getting so many clicks on Hornfrog Blitz, and that is the quarterback position. I think we've said this on every podcast for the last two months. We have a lot of weapons on offense. I think we're going to have a killer defense, but the question is quarterback. You got Alex Delton, Michael Collins, Justin Rogers, Max Duggan. What did Coach Patterson say, and perhaps maybe even some of the other players that were you were there able to interview? What did you? What were you able to glean? And what have you been able to share in articles? And what do you want to break some news here on the Frogcast with in terms of what we know now about the quarterback situation that we didn't know going into Big 12 Media Day? Well, I hope looking back that you guys can kind of develop a trust. Some of you guys that weren't fully trusting me, and I know, uh, guys, I've been around the team for a long time. I know some of the things that come out of spring 
don't come to fruition in the fall. I mean, last spring he was talking about how the quarterbacks didn't turn the ball over. Then we go to the the real season and all of a sudden they're starting to turn the ball over like crazy. So I know how things can be said and you, you sometimes think you're getting misinformed, but hopefully after all the stuff I've been posting the last few weeks and letting you guys know well in advance that maybe there's some belief behind what I'm posting with Alex. He pretty much said the same thing I've been telling you guys. He's, he's got a great aura about him. He's come in and, and not had this me attitude. He just wants to help the team. Uh, he, he does everything the right way. Uh, good teammate. Guys love him, works hard, studies, and they're very fortunate to have him because he knows that if he wasn't here in the spring, then you would have had two freshman quarterbacks just taking snaps and actually three with Matthew Downing since he transferred in. But uh, with Max Duggan, I told you guys that he was impressive in the spring. And Gary said that he was impressive in the spring. And I asked him straight up, the, the guy that asked him, the question about if he's comfortable or not playing a true freshman, uh, that was me. I asked him just to, just to get some, some clarity because that's the one thing that I've been hearing from various sources that everyone loves Max Duggan, but they are concerned with him being a freshman. And Gary came out and said it. I mean, it's in black and white. He said it, you know, if he's the guy, that's, that's what we're going to have. And, uh, he, he knows with TCU players, they have to carry themselves a little bit better. I, I think they uh, were talking about how, you know, when, when you have a player that's a freshman, he, he, he needs to act like a sophomore. Sophomores act like juniors. Juniors act like seniors. And seniors act like fifth-year seniors. So you got to be a grade above uh, your, your maturity level. Uh, and, and for Max, he's been there since January. So really, he's getting older by the day. Uh, I know we all do, but – uh, he's he's getting more experience and and just getting more uh, just involved with the teammates and continues to impress those guys. And I'm here to tell you, I, I, it wouldn't shock me if we have a Delton and, and Duggan one two. I mean, you get Delton as the experienced guy starting, but Duggan's the guy that's going to be the one that gets called upon to come on to come onto the field if Delton starts to uh, be flustered. So. It wouldn't surprise me at all. Mike Collins, he said he's back and he's healthy. I reported that uh, about a week and a half ago. Justin, I, I've taken some heat on this because I've been telling you guys that he wasn't completely healthy and there's still issues with the nerve. And what did he say? Jeff, you want to say what he said? I mean, he, you guys read it. I mean, he's he's some, some days the nerves uh, woken up and some days it's not. And it it's going to be one of those things where – they're not going to rush it. And I asked him straight up about Justin because I know everyone wants to know about it. And he, he said straight up that it's, it's one of those things where he's not uh, uh, real mobile yet. And we were trying to figure out how he, how he meant the comment that he doesn't want to hinder him or hurt him if he has to come in and play by letting opponents know what's really wrong with them. And they tried to take him out. So to me, and I posted this on the board, the if is the big thing that I took away because it almost seems like he's not expecting him to be the guy or maybe even the number two guy. Baldwin, he confirmed that he had the surgery. I told you guys how many weeks ago? Two weeks? Maybe three weeks ago he had surgery? Three weeks ago you told us he had surgery and you broke that. So, you know, not trying to pat myself on the back here, but I'm just trying to let you guys know that – it's not all just 
smoke and mirrors with coach P during, during these media days and uh, during things he's told us, it seems like this is one of those years more than I can recall that everything I'm hearing, he's actually coming out and saying it in the press, which is kind of different. I mean, sometimes you hear different things, uh, you hear things from sources, then he'll say something different, but it all seems to be a line in the same way. You know, that seems to be the topic that we're going to talk about, and I think we'll probably end up talking about that game, I mean, about this topic until October, especially the way that the schedule shakes out and the buys shake out when you got Pine Bluff and then a buy and then uh, Purdue and then SMU and Kansas. So, you know, I, I know Purdue's good. I know SMU is kind of a heartache, and we lost to Kansas last year. I, I kind of get all that. A headache. SMU is a headache, and we lost to Kansas that year. But I don't know that you'll actually know who the quarterback is until our fifth game. Of yeah. who's going to lead the frogs through conference play. And in some, you know, when I first saw that schedule, uh, you know, a little less than a year ago, I thought that's not, I don't like that. I don't like the early bye week. I don't like the way that shakes out. I actually now think that that, that lays out perfectly in terms of, of the, the way that the quarterback race is going to unfold. Do you start with Delton and then, you know, Hey, let's, let's turn it over to Max and see what he can do. Or, you know, that, you know, things start to sputter in the second half at West Lafayette and Max comes in and, and makes things happen. And then that, that's a, the timing is perfect in order for things to unfold the way we want them to. So yeah. it'll be curious to see how all of this unfolds. Cause I think the schedule serves them well, but I'll say what maybe you can't say. All signs are pointing towards Max Duggan uh, taking a whole lot of snaps in big 12 play this year. When October arrives, we will see Max Duggan in moments that matter. And that's that's gonna that's gonna be different than what people were thinking over a year ago. So it's it I'm, seems to it seems to be heading that way. Um it's not just me as the only guy that's really talking about it that Gary had a lot of people asking about Max because obviously um in the spring there was talks about him playing really well. He even said it on, on the show he did with Matt Mosley um, that Max looked good. But who's uh, that? <laughs> another guy, another one of your, uh, your another uh, one of my buddy. great buddies. Um, he, no, he hasn't blocked me on Twitter, which is that's, that's great. I, this guy, he probably he blocked Daniel. I, I'm going to go ahead and guarantee that he's blocked. Oh, Daniel. there's no doubt. <laughs> Daniel's no been doubt. blocked by everyone that that is associated with Baylor. You can you can bet that. Yes, uh, but, yes, yes. But there was there was a lot of there was a lot of questions about about Max just because everyone knows the talent level and everyone knows. It, with with Gary talking the way he did about Justin, everyone's kind of looking at, okay, we know what Alex can do. We've seen him at Kansas State. We kind of know what Mike Collins can do because we saw him in limited action last year. Matthew Baldwin's going to be out. He's not even taking a snap in fall camp, probably till September. He's not going to be a factor right off the bat. And we don't even know if he's going to be eligible yet. So really, I mean, and Gary even said it. He, he said it straight up. There's no reason to push – push the issue with him because of the other guys they have. So for anyone that was thinking about the Baldwin taking the reins August 31st, I mean, I'm telling you right now, forget it. It's not happening. Um, But when you take all those things into consideration, the one guy that's just kind of standing there is Max. And, and you, like I said, you hear all those things, those great things about him. And I even talked to Gary about Brock Purdy. I mean, you look at Brock Purdy. He was six and one as a true freshman last year in this league in the Big Twelve. So there's proof right there that if you have the talent level and you got guys around you, if 
and TCU obviously does. They've got five guys up front. They've got the best receiver in the Big 12. They've got another great receiver in Tay Barber. They got Darius Anderson, a Doak Walker watch list guy. They got Shea Woe if he's able to come back. They've got some better tight ends. He's got some weapons around him to where I think they could afford to put a true freshman at quarterback and, and let him be that guy. But talking with the players, I forgot to answer this earlier, they're not going to tell they're, – they're not going to they, – they've basically been told, you better not say who looks best. So they're just going to talk really good about all the guys in general. And, and I did a story tonight about how – each player, each one of these players describe the quarterback battle. You hear things of the competition is great off the field in the weight room and the meeting rooms. It's, it's a collective group. That's a lot better. Uh, Jalen even said something about Max and Justin, how, even though they're young, that they're both leaders. So you got to respect that. If you, you get that from uh, one of your own question leaders of the team saying that about a young player. So, you know, that's, that's, hundred percent fact. I mean, those, those guys, both of them, they, you've got to feel comfortable about that if their teammates trust them. So it, like you said, Jeff, it's, it's going to be a, a thing that we're going to be talking about all the way, probably until about the third week of fall camp, because Gary did come out and say that he would like to have three guys uh, that are definitely in the lead to take more reps. Cause if it, if you continue to give four or five guys reps during fall camp, you're taking away reps from the main guys that you're, you're that's going to be taking snaps during the season. So they they want to get it down to a top three pretty soon, and and that that's uh, one thing we'll all be watching. If if it's me today, knowing everything I know and yeah. and hearing to Gary talk, yeah. it it would be uh, you know Delton, Duggan, and Collins right now. In my opinion, that would be the top three guys. You know, you talk about Max, and we're going to pivot to one last question and wrap up here. Uh, Brock Purdy, true or false, if he starts against TCU, TCU loses last year. <laughs> I'm probably going to go with the uh, majority here and say true. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. You know, I'm not taking away that game because the Frogs won, but one of them was a scoop and score from Ben yes. Banigou. Yes. So, Brock Purdy was – probably going to beat TCU. You know, it's so funny. It's 2016 and 2018. I think the Frog is not lucky. They won the game. I don't want to disparage anything, but if the Frogs had played Iowa State later in the season, both those years, I think they would have lost um, in both 2016 and 2018 because that was uh, – Matt Campbell's a heck of a coach. Let's just go ahead and put that out there. I yeah. mean, that guy is is a baller. He's, I mean, that guy, can, that guy can coach. You know, out of all the – it, you, you talk about the Big 12 media days and, and, and things from other programs. He's probably the one guy you could just sit there and listen to all day. I mean, you really mm-hmm. could. I mean, he's just a football guy. He's just a cool guy to listen to. He just knows his stuff, man. And, and I can see why people are starting to gravitate more toward Iowa State. Uh, he's building good recruiting classes. And I, I think he's got them. As long as he sticks around, he's going to have them as a program that's going to be in that uh, top four or five echelon every year uh, in the big 12 and, and even compete for a big 12 championship like they did last year, they were right on the cusp. I mean, if you wanted to find the fan club in, in Texas, it probably resided out here at my house because I kept telling you guys all year long that I thought I was, I know. It was going to be back 
in the Big 12 championship, and they ended up losing to Texas late in the year. But that's the only game Brock Purdy really looked bad at and looked like a true freshman. But other than that, I mean, he's the proof. You can you can win with a – if you've got a good cast around you, you can win with a true freshman quarterback in the Big 12. I'm not talking Jake Fromm. I'm not take, talking Trevor Lawrence. Those guys are – you know, national guys, Tua. I mean, if you want proof, you don't have to look outside your conference. It's right there. It's right in front of you. And Brock Purdy was he, – he didn't really get recruited until very, very late in his recruiting process. He had some great offers, but – uh, his recruiting process didn't really start till late. Max Duggan, I mean, we've talked about him for a long time. If you look back at the lead 11, he was a stud. You're talking about a dual threat guy that competed. Some people thought he was a, a top two guy there. And uh, some people even thought that maybe he was the best guy there. If he wasn't committed to TCU, they might've even, even get, given him the award. So, I mean, there, there's a, there's a lot of talent we're talking about with Max Duggan here. It's not, that he's, he's not going to know how to play the game of football just because he's a true freshman. All right, let's go ahead and uh, move towards the end here. Daniel, I'm going to put you on the spot here, so um, put your bourbon down and be ready to go. The Frogs got a chance to go 11-1 and this year and win the Big 12 title, but they lose to Baylor. Are you going no. to be okay with that? How, how does it sit with your soul knowing that it, at the end of Big 12 days, everybody's like, you know, Matt Rule's a really good guy. He's a he's a really good coach. Are you able to stomach that as one that kind of has a, uh anthropological rejection of all things that come out of Waco? Yeah, it's tough. Um, but he's likable enough that I can still like him despite everything else. Okay. You know, he, I mean, it's it's still like if if you look at it from his viewpoint, he had a chance to go to a power five school and took it and has you know turned it around. Um, you know, of course, we were laughing when they lost to Liberty, and I you know still laugh about that. But <clears throat> uh, you know, what are you going to do in that situation? I mean, it was just. He's really, you know, proved to be a, a good coach and, and a seemingly good guy. And um, I really wish he'd leave Baylor for his sake. <laughs> Here's a question for so, you, Jeff. Yes. If Gary Patterson were to decide to retire next year out of the Big 12 coaches, who would Matt you – Matt Campbell. Didn't even have to – didn't even have to That's the easy my... answer, man. <laughs> what about you, Dan? That is the easiest answer. I want Matt Campbell, and I don't know that we could land him because I – Although Ohio State's full, Michigan's got Harbaugh. I'd I'd put as much money as I could into Matt Campbell and say come to come to Texas and recruit. You wouldn't want Lincoln. You wouldn't want the generic answer like Lincoln Riley. Uh, two reasons. One, he's not leaving. Or yeah, number one, he's not leaving, and number two, uh, I think it would be a short stint. You know, I don't know what would it take for him to leave Oklahoma. You ever, I'm a, you I'm, ever I'm, heard the phrase? Does does more with less, and does less with more. I think yes. I think Lincoln is a does does uh, less with more. I mean, even though he's obviously very very successful, Oklahoma's been in the playoffs. But Campbell to to with the roster he has at Iowa State, just to do what he's been able to do, I, I agree with you. And it's kind of like Gary, man. Gary, I mean, he's the epitome of doing more with less. 
And that's not a, yeah. that's not he, to degrade the players because the players no. have put in the work. They've they've played you know good over the years. No matter if they're two stars or four stars, they come in there work their tails off, and they all become better players. But Gary has just him and his coaches have this innate ability to get the most out of each one of those players to make them great. Daniel, would you be okay if Coach Patterson retired at the end of the year? Baylor went nine and three, and then TCU hired Matt Rule. How would you feel about that? Uh, uh, pass. <laughs> pass. You sound like Billy Madison on the quiz show. You know, getting. Can... <laughs> I can live with that. So deep, man. Oh, I'd take I Matt Rule for a second, man. Just I'd take Matt Rule. It would probably be all right if you take Herman and and Riley off the table because I don't want Herman. I think he's. Mm-hmm. I, we didn't get to this, and we'll have more shows between now and the season starts. I don't. I think Texas can go eight and four. That's my. That's my. That's my hot take. Don't take Herman, and you don't take Lincoln Riley. I think it's uh, Matt Campbell. But- Less miles. Matt Rule. <laughs> not like <laughs> I just don't think I think Cam, you know, Campbell's a lockable guy. Matt Rule's a lockable guy. Lincoln Riley's a lockable guy. I can't say that about Tom. I, I don't even think the guys that cover Texas really like Tom Herman. You know? I don't think so either. It just he just kind of comes off as a little arrogant sometimes. I think he could be a really good coach, but just man, he just Sometimes you got to be. I feel sorry for some of these guys that have to ask them questions because it feels like they're walking on eggshells with certain questions they ask. Well, I I I agree, but I also love watching Coach Patterson answer people that ask stupid questions at, at oh, that's press conferences. Too. Yeah, that's fun. that's always a fun one. <laughs> what, what about Matthew McConaughey? Could we get him? He's a coach, right? <laughs> he is a coach. Basketball, yeah. basketball only. <laughs> I would, I would, I would take him as a uh, as our coach. Well, now here's a here's a, here's a tough one. What if what if Houston blows the doors off the next few years and they knock off UCF and they knock off Memphis and they go to the Peach Bowl and Gary retires? Would you take Dana? Absolutely. Yes. You take Holgerson? Yeah. I would. <laughs> now, for the press conferences or for what's going to happen on the field? For both. And I and I and I and I guarantee you. I guarantee you, the guy that would that would be giving him a a boost would be Gary. I mean, Gary would probably tell tell Jeremiah he's your guy. Now, if that were to happen, if they hired Holgo, you know who I would feel most sorry for? Mark Cohen. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, Dana, you you can't put your casino chips on the podium at the post game conference. You can't. <laughs> You need to hide your liquor bottle when uh, Andy Staples comes and interviews you. <laughs> you have That's to awesome. <laughs> oh, Dana, maybe, Dana would, maybe Dana would be a. I mean, he's he's a little rough around the edges in some in some ways, but I, yeah. I, you know, out of all the guys in the Big Twelve, I think Gary probably liked him the most. I know. I think he did too. I think he did too. Hey, one other thing I forgot to mention that that we didn't talk about was was Ross yeah. Blacklock, and uh, who I forgot last show. Yeah, and then you, t- yeah. you then you told me I was wrong. I'm not. I did. I'm not going to forget about that. 
uh, I'm stupid for even forgetting about it anyway. I was so worried about Kelton Holland's answering questions and he wasn't, he was over there doing something completely different. He didn't even, he didn't even have, uh, he wasn't part of the breakout or anything. He was over there doing, um, something completely different that they did for the league. But, um, you know, Blacklock is, man, he is, he's looking good, man. He's, he's, I ran into him. This is before the breakout. I was walking and I see these guys all the time during the summer. I see them during, at the camps, and so we always talk. We always talk off record, whatnot. And I've known these a lot of these guys since high school. And so we stopped and chatted for a minute, and uh, I said, man, you're you're looking thin. How much you weigh right now? And I was trying to be not like, you weigh about 315 right now? He goes, man, I weigh 300 pounds. And I said, dude, you look like it. Not to sound you know, like I was hitting on Ross Blacklock, but – I mean, he looks. I wouldn't he, blame me if you were. He looks in shape. He looks in shape. But we, I asked him uh, during the breakout. You know why? You know, did, did did you even know that you were losing this much weight? And he said, honestly, I didn't. I didn't even know because I was working out so hard. I was working out sometimes two or three times a day because I knew what I'd missed last year, and I knew these guys were in here working. So I felt like I had to work that much harder just so I could be able to come in here and still be able to compete. And he's ready, man. He's ready. He's kind of happy that people have forgotten about him a little bit outside TCU fans. He's mm-hmm. he's ready. When you look at that guy and, and you look at like Aaron Donald, how good he was for the Rams this year, and he's built the same way. And Dominican Sue was 307. Look what he did in college. I mean, I'm just looking at Ross thinking, man, this and, – and the fact that he didn't play last year, it might be a pretty dang big year for him. I mean, oh, I think so. Yeah, I think so. I think Blacklock's going to have a redonkulous year and anchor the best defense in the Big 12 and one of the best defenses in the country. So I'm glad to see that you see he's doing well. And, and he, man, he looks so fit. I mean, they post those. Not that I follow Twitter really closely, <laughs> but, man, he looks so stacked and healthy on on the pictures that they're posting. So can't wait to see him. Glad you're able to talk with him. So. All right, we're going to bring this show to an end. We're right here at 30 minutes. If you haven't yet, please go to teenlife.ngo and support our sponsor. They go out of their way to build relationships and build opportunity and provide on-ramps of sustainability in life for junior high and high school students in DFW and beyond. Go to teenlife.ngo, learn how to volunteer, learn local schools that you can support and pray for and advocate for that are doing good things with junior high students and if in high school students. And if you got a little hundo in your pocket, make a donation to that nonprofit tax deductible donation. They got a link and that would be something that would be well worth your time. Go to teenlife.ngo to learn more about that. If you haven't yet, please subscribe on iTunes or find us on Megaphone or Podbean or Google Play, all your podcasting apps of choice. You can find the Frogcast. We are so proud to be connected, fully integrated through 24-7 sports. So until we get together again, for Daniel and for Jeremy, I am Jeff. Thanks so much for listening to the Frogcast.